Hello and welcome to our new podcast. Not so great expectations. I'm Jay. And I am Jamie. Join us weekly where we'll be discussing our favourite subjects from serial killers to true crime, movies, TV shows and everything else in between. We're also going to be having a bit of a gossip about what goes on in our tragic lives. The highest form of entertainment. You can find us on all available streaming platforms. Where all good podcasts are made. Thank you for tuning in and we hope that you enjoy. This week's podcast, we'll be talking about the TV shows that we found and that have helped us through lockdown, through the pandemic. Maybe shows that we might not have stumbled across, um, but we did because we were in the house a lot longer uh, and had more time on our hands. So, (laughs) TV series that have got through lockdown... Yeah, so this week's episode were, is going to be um, about um, TV shows that we discovered during lockdown. Uh, everybody watches TV shows. Everybody has Netflix and Amazon Prime, wherever you uh, watch TV shows. But I thought it would be a good idea because during lockdown, we've all spent, or this last year at least, we've all spent a considerable longer amount of time in our homes. Oh, yeah. um, so we've been binging TV a lot more running out of things to watch. Uh, and um, it's I know it's the case with me and other people I know as well, where they've found themselves struggling to find things. So they've stumbled on the shows that they maybe hadn't watched or had seen and thought, oh, I'm not sure that's for me, and watched it and discovered actually it's, it's really, really great. And so I thought today's podcast would be a great podcast to talk about those particular shows that we stumbled onto. Um, Everybody should give a chance. Exactly. Uh, And I've got three great shows that I found that, in my opinion, are all 10 out of 10 shows that I I think more people should watch. And I don't know many people who do. So hopefully hopefully people will discover something. Hopefully I'll learn more about your shows um, and we'll go from there. Definitely. Do you want to start off? Uh, Yeah, we can do. So the, the first show on my list is... So it's a show... It's going to go against ex- everything that I've just said. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a show that I did watch before lockdown, but during lockdown, I watched it again. Um, and the reason that it's on my list is because I think everybody should have watched this, and I don't know many people have, and it's one of the best shows that I've ever seen. So it's called Maniac, and it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, so you can only watch it on there. Uh, and it's... unless you want to illegally download it, of course. Oh, of course, yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I would never do that. No, no. <laughs> I uh, I pay too much for Netflix. Um, but so it stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Uh, it also has Justin Through in it, who's amazing, and Sally Fields in it too, who's just a legendary actress. Oh my god, I love Sally Fields. She's awesome, uh, and she's really, really good in this too. Uh, so Maniac is about these two characters, mainly about um, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Those are your main stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they're both very different people. They don't know each other. Uh, they come from very different walks of life, and it shows you that. Uh, Jonah Hill's character is called Owen, and he is he's part, like, his family's really, really rich and really influential, but he doesn't really fit in. He's sort of... He feels like he's the black sheep of the family and they don't, Mm. his brothers mock him quite a lot for it. He's very disconnected from them. Um, And his brother's going through um, a court case where he's been accused of sexually harassing a woman at work. And Owen, Jonah Hill's character, has been pressured by his family to testify for his brother. Um, But he doesn't really want to do that. And... Mm. He's he's sort of um, he's looking for like a new medication also because he's on medication um, for like anxiety and things of that nature, and so he finds out about this uh, this medical trial for this new drug that they're creating uh, at a at a lab and there's a trial, so he goes over to that. Meanwhile, Emma Stone's character is sort of living day to day. She's um, you don't really know too much about her background. But she seems to be hooked on this drug uh, that just she seems to take because it helps her forget whatever's happened in her past. And when she runs out, she sort of finds out about this trial where they're making sort of a more advanced version of that drug. So she thinks by going on the trial, she'll be able to get more of the drug. 
And so they both end up getting on this trial. That's how they come together. Uh, and it's it's just really, really interesting. So through the various stages of this drug trial, all the participants, I think there's probably about 10, um, they all go into this sort of chair. And it's uh, it's kind of like sci-fi, but it's not futuristic, if you know what I, I mean. I was going to say, is it a little bit sci-fi? It's it, it's weird. It it actually has like more of like an eighties vibe. It's weird. Is it, is it a, a bit? Is it a bit of a Black Mirror? It's it's. I think it's kind of a lot like Black Mirror. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, sort of like a psychological dark comedy drama show. <laughs> sure. But yeah, so it's it's kind of got this futuristic vibe, but it's not futuristic, and it's like it it feels to me a lot like the eighties. A lot of the music sounds very synth. Um, but basically when they go in this chair, they give them this pill and then they, it sort of puts them in this sort of dreamlike state. Uh, and the, the people at the lab, Justin Theroux's like the head scientist there, is they're kind of monitoring their reaction to the drug, things like that. Um, but something goes wrong and Jonah Hill and Emma Stone's sort of dreamlike states seem to merge for some reason and so they keep like bumping into each other in their own world it's and each episode is a different sort of world or a different vibe there's like um there's one where they're where they are literally in the 80s there's one where they're it's sort of like a a bit like lord of the rings there's like elves and stuff. it's really really interesting but there's an overarching story about owen uh, and about Emma Stone's character, uh, and it's just—it's really, really good. Um, you find out all about Emma Stone's past. Her character's called Annie, by the way. You find out all about Annie's past and what was going on there, and you find out Owen sort of tries to find more independence and sort of find out where he fits in in life. Uh, and it's got these emotional overtones. It's just really, really good. It's like it's it's got a lot of feel good moments. It's got a lot of um, sort of sad moments where you, you do mm. you feel you really do feel an emotional attachment uh, to Owen and Annie as they sort of fight. They both have very different struggles, but they both seem to find each other um, in a not not in in a romantic way, which is why I think is really fantastic. It's like just sort of two people who really find out that they need each other and it's just it's really they go through a lot of different stuff together and it's i honestly i can't recommend it enough i've had it on my watch list for like for like months and months but i've now that you've explained it i really want to watch it it's it's really really good uh like i say all the shows that i wanted to put on this list i would call them 10 out of 10s uh it's just really really good and it's funny as well it's uh it's not like all sad and emotional. There are those moments where you do feel a connection to the characters, um, but it's it's just it's just wonderful. And it it was also every episode was directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Do you know who that is? No. So Kerry Fukunaga is an amazing director. He, have you ever seen True Detective? Yeah. The first season of True Detective with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson was mm-hmm. again all directed by Kerry Fuganage. So he's he's just a really, really great filmmaker. He makes he makes so much good stuff. Uh and the fact that they got like because a lot of TV shows have a different director every episode. What's special about this is they keep him around for the whole series. So it's it doesn't feel disconnected, it doesn't feel weird. It's like every it just it all comes together in the right way. Um uh, and it's one of those shows where you never really, when it's finished, think, oh, I hope they make a, a second season because the story has such a finality to it. Like it feels, it just feels like a good end. It's a good ending. The characters, you feel satisfied with that. Um, yeah, that's, and that's the first one on my list. Maniac on Netflix. Go and watch it. It's amazing. It'll change life. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they, for me, this is definitely a 10 out of 10 and probably isn't everyone's cup of tea, but it is so good. Right. So it's called Hollywood. Right. It's a mini series on Netflix. However, they have actually agreed to go ahead and record a second season. So okay. it's Ryan Murphy, 
of American Horror Story film? American Horror Story, Ratchet, Scream Queens, that kind of. Okay. But now I read everyone, well, you know, everyone who knows us knows that I love old Hollywood. Yeah. So I read a book oh, a good few years back called Full Service. It was called The Secret Sex Lives of the Stars. And it was bit, written by a man who moved to Hollywood and he worked in a gas station in downtown LA. Right. Um, and all the stars who obviously were like secretly gay or secretly having affairs couldn't like be out back then because it was big no no. Right. Um, so they used to come to this gas station and he would hook them up with whoever they needed to go with, whether it be a man, a woman. And he wrote this book about all the stars that he'd slept with, all the people that he had set up tricks for. He called them tricks. Right. Um, they, they would ring him, like stars like Rock Hudson and um, George Cucco and all like the big the big names in Hollywood back right. then. Um, and he would arrange tricks for them, whether it be with another man or a woman or whatever they wanted. So anyway, they based this whole series on that book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a young war veteran playing... They've changed his name. His name in the book is Scotty Bowers. He's the one that wrote the book. But in the this series, they've changed his name to Jack Costello. Right. Um, so basically, he moves to Hollywood to become what he wants to become a movie star. Mm-hmm. But um, the writer is a black man. Now, back around in the World War Two, the 40s, yeah. all that kind of era, black people did not... They were, looked, they were really frowned upon, as we all frowned know. Upon. I'm pretty sure that they had, like, didn't they? America used to have, like, uh, colours and non-colours bars where... Yeah, and bathrooms and, yeah. like, it was just horrendous. They treated them so badly. Yeah. So this this writer makes a film called Peg. Right. About a, a lady who chucks herself from the Hollywood side. Right. And the lady who gets cast as the leading role is actually a black woman and they go through so much abuse from like white supremacists and people ringing them like saying they're going to blacklist the film and nobody's going to show it and then they find out that the writer's actually a black man and the writer actually starts having an affair with Rock Hudson Um, and basically it's all about like the casting couch have you heard of that? Yes of course (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, Am I a red blooded so man? <laughs> so they basically just sleep their way with anyone and everyone to get to where they want to yeah. be. So this guy who's playing Jack Costello mm-hmm. uh, basically starts working at the gas station that's written about in the book and he just pimp- gets pimped out to like everyone. Right. Um, but basically, it's like how Hollywood come to accept like black writers and black actresses. All right, okay. So I I quite like shows that have a good story first and foremost, but also have a lot of historical relevancy and accuracy to it. And it sounds like that's the kind of show that it is, where it's representing uh, how black people were treated in Hollywood um, in that time. Because when I mentioned like the coloured bars and non-coloured bars, that was in the 60s. So this being like in the 40s and 50s, um, it must have been a lot worse back then, you know. There's very little progress even now. I would say there's a lot going on, but uh, I really like shows that have that historical accuracy as well and balance it with a good story. So, yeah, well, it's like it's kind of their way of like. I mean, the all Jack ends up being the leading man in the film again, alongside the girl playing Peg. Right. Um. So it's like all these misfits who come to Hollywood who are like nobodies who make their way into being somebody all right okay so it sounds like it has like a feel good feel as well as the show goes on it's re- it's really good and it's obviously if you like it's not really well it is a period drama but it's not like you know pride and prejudice period it's like <laughs> it's like style i mean i love <laughs> the 50s like yeah it's you, but it's just such a good series you, you've like, got some old like film posters in your house haven't you of like that era oh, as well absolutely. I'm sure I've seen yeah. some of them I've got oh, I just love I just love old films like you just can't beat them yeah 
No, I tend to agree. So, I, I do like watching. But when it. I when I when I'd actually read the book and I found out they were making a, a series on it, I was like, mm, "How are they going to do it?" Because in that book, there's like a lot of touchy touchy. People have denied that it ever happened. But right. mm-hmm. I mean, Scotty Bowers, the, the the author of the book. I mean, he died like 2019, and he said, "Like, what on earth have I got to lie about? Everybody who I've written about is now dead." Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've 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 left it in I've kept it on the hush out of respect for them and stuff. So so is it like is it those like the families of those actors or people who are coming out saying that it's not true? Yeah, like but how would how would they know they weren't involved? But the person who yeah, wrote there's was a, there's a part um, on Cary Grant mm-hmm. um, and how he lived with Randolph Scott for like fourteen years, right? And Scotty says, like, everybody in Hollywood knew that they lived is, is like, a gay couple, mm-hmm. but, like, his daughter, Cary Grant's daughter, denies that that was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, is it true, or is it you trying to cover your dad's name? Yeah. and I'd, Because back, I'd... back then, it was, obviously, it was all hush-hush. You were not oh, allowed. Yeah, I know it all ruined their careers back then. Um... But if you like a bit of, like, you know, there's lots of sex in this series. <laughs> Are you trying to sell it to me on sex? <laughs> there's a lot of sex. I mean, he's a pimp, for God's sake. Right. Does he have, like, a, like a, a peacock hat as well? Mm. There's, no like, there's no, like, chains and fur coat and pimping pimp and hats. Because that would sell, that would sell me on that. Oh yeah, there's there's the fur coat and the jewelry yeah, and the bling. Start. It's proper. It's proper Hollywood. <laughs> and so you'd rate that ten out of ten. That's worth watching, is it? Oh, definitely, absolutely, especially just to educate people on how the people were treated back yeah. in the forties and fifties. So cool. Well, what what I really like about this list is that I actually haven't seen. I don't. Th- I know we've discussed what's on each other's list. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of the shows on yours. Uh, and I don't think you've seen any of the ones on mine, so um, it's it's interesting to hear about shows I haven't seen. Because, um, like we said at the beginning, there's a lot. I'm I'm going through TV shows like Wildfire, so I'm I'm often running out of things to watch. Um, so it sounds like I might try that out. I think you would enjoy it. It is it's very factual, yeah, but also scandalous, and I love a bit of silver screen scandal, yeah. Doesn't man, especially in that era as well. Like I do love a good period piece, especially like I know everyone loves the eighties. It's not really classed as a period piece, um, but <laughs> but I do also love stuff when it goes back into the fifties and uh, and the forties because there's not too much of that anymore. Uh, and and I no. like seeing people try to recreate that era in with today's technology and the stuff that they can do as well. So yeah, that sounds good. Definitely, I would definitely recommend. Right. Okay, well, the next show on my list um, is, I'm going full sci-fi here. This is, uh, it's a show called Tales from the Loop. Have you seen anything to do with it? I have not. I've not even heard of it. See, and that's that's my problem with, um, so it's on Amazon Prime. Right, and Amazon, which 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 I do actually own, so no excuse. It's an Amazon Prime exclusive, so they produced it. It's only on their on their platform. Um, you, a show. It's it's a lot like it's it's just pure science fiction. So, but it has it has a really interesting story behind it as well. So the mm. the story tales from the loop is actually you know you'll get like like Hollywood for example you just talked about was based on a book well tales from the loop uh-huh. is actually ba- it's based on a book but not just a normal book it's like a it's based on a book of paintings by a swedish artist called simon stalinhag and so he made this uh he just made he lives in a swedish town and it's got a lot of interesting architecture and abandoned sort of factories and stuff and he used to paint them but paint them a little futuristic with like, maybe there'd be like the odd robot here or there. Um, mm. And so somebody came along and decided to write a story for the paintings that he'd wrote. So each painting would have a short story to go along with it. Uh, and they put that into a collection of a book and the book's called Tales from the Loop, which is where they get it from. Uh, and the show just takes that idea and it puts all of these little short stories into one series with one big overarching narrative, 
and it's it's mm-hmm. just absolutely fantastic. So it's set in a town. Uh, the show is based in America, whereas the painting is obviously based in Sweden. But it's based in a town called Mercer. It's based in Ohio. And underneath Mercer is this unusual object. It sort of looks like a like a it's like a sphere. So it kind of looks like a moon, but it's made out of this unusual material. And it's referred to within the town as the Loop. Now, there's a main family in the show, and there's a lot of other characters around who you'll bump into in every episode. But every episode is actually centered on a different story or a different tale from the loop, if you will. Um, So the first episode is all about this little girl who is looking for her mother, saying her mother's disappeared. The second episode is about these two boys who find this unusual spherical, like, abandoned chamber in the forest, and they find that Mm. when they go into the chamber, they switch bodies with the person outside. The third episode is about these two people who discover this artifact that when they press a button on it, it pauses time. And so they, they sort of have this, like, whirlwind sort of romance over the course of, I don't know whether it's meant to be, like, months or years, but obviously when they unpause it, it's been a second in the real world. And so it's it's based all apart in, in that loop there. Um, but there's all this other stuff going on during this way. It's following this main family. Uh, and it has Rebecca Hall. She's in it. She's like the main character. It has Paul Schneider, who plays the father. He's in a lot of really good stuff. He was in something called Channel Zero, which is a horror series, which is really good. It has Jonathan Price, who's a really famous British actor. Uh, he's in it as well. Uh, and what I really love about Tales from the Loop is it's got, although it's science fiction, you, and you go into a show like that and you, you kind of think, oh, I can get, I, I kind of guess what the aesthetic's going to be. It's going to be huge. It kind of isn't. Again, it's got, it's, it sort of forges its own look and it, man, it manages yeah. to feel both current but also futuristic. Um, and one of the best things about this show that makes it for me is the music and the music in the show is composed by Thomas Newman. who's done so much good stuff like American beauty, uh, the Truman show. It just, if you hear a Thomas Newman piece, you kind of, you go, ah, oh, I, Sounds like the song from the Truman Show, which is actually how I figured mm. out it was Thomas Newman when I was listening to the show. I was like, "Oh, I was like, this piece of music's amazing. It reminds me of you know when Truman sleeps, and they've got that really yeah. cool piece of music." So I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's the same composer, and that's why." Um, but the music is beautiful, uh, and the whole show just has all these stories with all these different characters, and yet you manage to care about every single one of them. Uh, every episode is so different, but feels so familiar. Uh, like, there's an episode which has a actor in it, it's a character who finds a portal just in the ground, and he goes into it, and it's like an, like an alternate version of reality. Mm. And the stuff yeah. that plays out in that world that sort of makes him want to stay there rather than the, the world he came from. And that's a really interesting story. And and that's what I that's what I love about Tales and Loop is that it's it's filmed on an amazing budget. Jodie Foster directed an episode. It's got some other really good uh, directors as well. It feels really cinematic, like the cinematography in Tales from the Loop is so much better than a lot of other shows that I've seen recently. the mu- The music mm. is perfect. The acting is great. The writing's fantastic. The whole aesthetic of the show is is like one of the best that I've ever seen. And what annoys me about it is that most people I speak to haven't even heard of it. And yet it wasn't like a small budget show and it only came out last year. Like it's new, it's mm-hmm. not old. I, I almost feel like Amazon didn't really market it. Like they had this great show. And if you think about something like Stranger Things, um, when Netflix had Stranger Things, everyone knew about that show the day it came out, even though I, I hadn't even seen an advert before it came out. But because everyone had been watching it, everyone was talking about it on social media. And so I was like, oh, what's the Stranger Things? I'll check it out. Watch the trailer. And I was immediately hooked. Well, it was the same for me with Tales from the Loop, except I just stumbled across the trailer. Uh, I think I saw it as like an advert on YouTube or something like that. Uh, And it was the music that grabbed me. And I was like, normally instead of skipping an ad, I was like, oh, I'll see what this is. It looks interesting. 
And then I watched the show and I was like, holy shit, like this show is like a 10. This show is so good. Um, in fact, the show is so good, I still listen to the soundtrack to help me sleep some nights. You know what it is, though? It's all about advertising. Well, that's it. Like, it has, it seems like it had zero marketing behind it for a show that was produced by Amazon. And Rian Johnson, who's got stuff going on with mm. Star Wars and he's done a lot of other bigger stuff, he produced the show as well. So it has a lot of big names in it and behind it. And yet no one's really ever heard of it. But if you like great storytelling uh, and you're the kind of person who maybe maybe you, you love sci-fi, maybe you don't, but you just love good characters and falling in love with a story, it's got everything. Uh, and it's a show that I think a lot of people who listen to this won't have even heard of like you. But I think if you give it a chance, just watch the first episode, you'll fo- you'll fall in love mm. with it and you'll want to keep watching it. And it'll be one of those shows that you feel is like a special show because n- not a lot of other people know about it. But Definitely. I'm definitely, definitely going to watch great. it. Like I, I even went out and bought the art book afterwards, uh, which is beautiful. Like I say, still listening to the soundtrack. It's a special show. You should definitely check it out. Tales from the Loop on Amazon Prime. Okay, so my next is Ratchet. Okay. Okay, this is Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. again. In case you hadn't <laughs> guessed, bit of a fan. Okay. <laughs> you know, I really just, I love his dark, twisted sense of, like, I just love the way he puts a dark twist on everything. Mm-hmm. Like I love American yeah, Horror. Yeah, I like I love the first two seasons of American Horror Story. I feel like I, I kind of even Coven was good, but I think it I I watched it less after that. But I used to love the early stuff that he did. I love series one to three. Mm-hmm. Four went a bit shit. Five was okay. Yeah. Was Freak Show four or Six, five? See four, Freak Show Yeah. Hotel. Freak Show was where I hopped off. That's where I didn't I didn't finish yeah. the series. Six was Ronald. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to my story. Um, Ratchet, mm-hmm. right? Ryan Murphy. Sarah Paulson plays Mildred Ratchet. Right. She's a she's a mm-hmm. nurse, and she goes to work in an asylum. Right. Um, it's like a psychiatric hospital where they're doing experiments uh, on humans. Okay. So whether they're, they're, they're gay or they're schizophrenic, bipolar, depression, whatever. Mm. It's like they do human trials. So she presents herself as like this perfect nurse to get herself in and get herself in with the yeah. doctors. Um, but she starts to like infiltrate, infiltrate the mental health system. Right. Um, it's really dark. But it's like it's not as everything appears on the surface. Like she's got a dog past. Okay, because so I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the trailer, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. quite pinpoint whether Sarah Paulson Ratchet was a good character or a bad character. But she seemed a little bit more malevolent, like a little more dark and secretive, and maybe a little more evil. Well, that's the thing, you see, a character, like, when she goes to apply for this new job, and this is, like, psychiatric Mm -hmm. hospital, she comes across as, like, the perfect nurse. But the way she she acts and portrays herself to the other nurses and stuff, it's like, you can tell there's something not right with her. Um, So it all... Every, obviously, as the episodes go on, all comes out of what's gone on in our past. I don't want to say too much because yeah, no spoilers, away. no spoilers. Um, but she's very, very dark, and it's there's a big twist at the end. That's all I'm going to say. So, is there only the one series, or does this twist now lead on? Are they making more? Is there multiple? They've they've left it open for a new right. one. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to happen, because they could have left it where it was. Right. Um, <clears throat> but again, it's set in the 40s. All right, okay. So going back to the period drama the thing that mm-hmm. I love, um, the, the human trials they do on people and how they used to treat people with mental health problems or people who are gay or 
you know, it's just like inhumane. But it's it's that it's that Ryan Murphy's dark twist on things like he does in American Horror. All right, okay. Well, according to Digital Spy, um, Ratchet was picked up for a second season officially. This was in October 2020, so season oh, so season two is going to happen. Um, Netflix has ordered two seasons of it, so they'll you'll at least get. Uh, it's going to be nine episodes long. You're at least going to get that in season two, and then I guess they'll take it from there. And I don't know whether they're going to wrap that up or not, but. Well, like I say, they could have left it. Like, I mean, there's loads of series that have been left on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. you know. So they could have left it, but they have left it open for another season. Yeah. Netflix tends to, I think Netflix is a weird one. It tends to, even some shows that are really popular, they'll maybe give them two or three seasons and then they'll kind of cancel them. Oh, my like God, the, I know. There's so many Like that The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which, uh, did you watch it? So I actually no. thought it was really, really good. It's um, it's a little cheesy at times, but not in like a like a CW network where like the actors are really like the acting's really good. The writing's decent. It's funny. It's creepy. Uh, and then they mm. gave that like two seasons, which they split into four parts. So it seems like there's more, um, but it's only two seasons, and then they just cancelled it. Um, which and I, but it's like really popular. So I. I don't know what goes behind the decisions of the shows that they cancel. People think that it's because after the first deal that a show gets with Netflix, if it's really popular, then obviously it's going to cost them a lot more to buy the rights to it because it's really popular. So so Netflix mm. will generally give them like a base two seasons. And then once they realize that they don't want to pay more for, for more, I guess, then that's why they cancel it, which I think is a bit shady because otherwise I really love Netflix. I think they do. They make some really great shows. Uh, but I mean, ne- Netflix stopped Gypsy after one series and I was absolutely furious because that was left on a cliffhanger and I just I needed to know what There's happened. There's so many shows that they do it with and I don't understand why because they produce their own in-house content. So it's not like they couldn't say to the showrunners, look, we're going to cancel the show or, or they could say, look, we'll give you at least one more season to wrap everything up to satisfy the people mm. who do enjoy the show. I don't know how they weigh up those decisions, I guess. Um and I don't know if you watched it, but did you watch Santa Clarita Die? No, but I really wanted to until I heard that it was cancelled, and that's why I didn't start, because I was like, well, it, they're not going to get to end it the way they really wanted to. Oh, my God, it is the funny, funniest thing mm-hmm. ever. Um, he, and I'm so, um, again, I'm so annoyed that the Because that's got, like, is that, it's Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, isn't it? And I love, mm-hmm. I love Tim yeah. Oliphant. He's so good. Um, in everything he's in, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to watch it because I was like, I, I don't really, there's not that many shows with him in at the moment, so I was like, I really want to watch it. I know he's a good actor, Drew Barrymore's Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> and uh, but then when I saw it was cancelled, I was like, Well, what's the point? Like, definitely still watch it, like, it is really good, and it was like three series yeah. of it, four. Mm three i don't know something like that but it is good it is worth definitely worth a watch and every episode's only about 20 minutes so it's not yeah. like all oh, right okay i was i didn't know that actually i thought maybe they were like 40 50 all right well <clears throat> i have one show left um i'll save this one for last because this is the one that i most recently watched so it's the most fresh in my memory um if i could okay. give a show an 11 out of 10 i would give it an 11 out of 10 um it's called dark and it's on netflix now, the reason... Mm-hmm. And do you know anything about it? I don't want... But I've seen it. Well, you've seen it? I've seen right, it, okay. like, advertised like, on Netflix. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's called Dark. The, the reason that I didn't watch it is so stupid. So the reason I didn't watch it is because it's a German show, but it's fully mm-hmm. dubbed in English and really, really perfectly done as well. It's, I was always concerned that I'd be like, well, it's going to be off-putting because their lips aren't going to move with the words that they're saying. Would it be better to watch it in German with subtitles? And I was like, I don't want to watch a show at the moment. I just want to relax. I don't want to read a show. I want to watch a show. And I know that's a really stupid mentality to have, but I still, it's, I do. I'm very lazy. No, no, I hear when you're trying to watch something and it's dubbed and like you can see that their mouth's moving and it's completely different. To yeah, and so mouth. my, I knew it was sci-fi and it was based in science fiction and I knew there was something to do with maybe time travel and I, that really gets me. I love shit like that. But then I was like, but it's German. Mm. Ah, I'm not going to watch it. So I didn't watch it. And then for whatever reason, like literally only about three weeks ago, maybe a month, 
I was just sitting on the sofa and I was so bored and I was like, there's literally nothing to watch. There's nothing that I, I feel like I want to watch. You know when you have those nights where you scroll through everything mm. on Netflix and you're just like, there's just nothing yeah. that I want to watch. That I like, I'm just not interested in anything right now. And for whatever reason, the dark trailer started playing. I guess I'd hovered over it. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to turn it off in 10 minutes because it's going to be doing me head in, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to put it on. So I pressed play, uh, and the rest is total history. Uh, the show is stellar in every single conceivable way. It is, it, well, the show itself is dark, which I guess is ironic. Um, it's set in mm-hmm. a, a town in Germany yeah. called Winden that has a mm-hmm. nuclear power plant, and it's actually based around a lot of different characters, which at first can be quite jarring because it's it's not natively English. So some of the characters' names are a little different. So there's a character called um, Bartosz. But for about four episodes, mm. I was like, what's that guy's name? Because I guess when they'd said it, it's <laughs> like you hear Bartosz, you don't think, oh, it's not like a Steve or a Peter or whatever. It's not like a name that you recognize. It wasn't until someone got an incoming mm. call from him and it said the name and I was like, his name's Bartosz. Got it. And so there was, uh, for the first couple of episodes, I would maybe pause it and be like, right, this person is sisters with that person. And you would sort of piece it together. Um, And I don't know whether that's a me thing, but I also got my friend Scott into the show after I'd watched it, and he said he had exactly the same thing. But it's one of those where you kind of enjoy putting it together. You kind of feel like you've worked for the story because it's, I don't know, it just adds Mm -hmm. to it, I guess. But the the show so the show's yeah. based in Winden in Germany, and these kids these these group of kids uh, go into the forest one night, and there's there's a couple of missing kids already. There's there's like pamphlets out looking for these kids, um, and they go out into the forest to where one of the kids he used to sell drugs. Apparently, they go out to where he used to sell his drugs to. To, to steal his stash because they're like well he's obviously he's been missing for however long he's probably dead you know what kids are like and, um so they go yeah. out there and while they're out there like all like the street lamps and all lights around them start flickering and there's this really weird roar coming from this the wind and caves and um so they get terrified and they start running away uh and then when they meet up with each other they realize that actually one of them's missing. It's one of the characters' younger brothers who came along who's called Mikkel. And they're like, oh my God, where's Mikkel? I thought he was with you. And so they try to look for him going to the caves, but it turns out that he now is missing. And so there's this real great element of mystery around the show. Like what's going on with these missing kids? Um, And then at the end of uh, episode one, a, a body is discovered in the woods and like it's like it's whole like all both of the eyes are like burned out like around sort of in sort of like a circular like all the way around the, around the head yeah. and the eyes it's all like burned as if something's done that um but all the clothes on the child look like they're from the 80s and there's like a cassette walkman there and it's very strange um and it really the show follows all these different characters like there's a one of the characters is the father uh, of the Mikhail who's just gone missing. Um, you have your main character is a kid called Jonas, whose father committed suicide six months earlier in really mysterious circumstances uh, and left him a, a, like a note that said, do not open until this date at this specific time. And so there's a lot of mysteries going on around the town of Winden and what's happening and where these missing kids are or when these missing kids are. Dun, 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 dun. That it's sounds really absolutely good. fucking mint. And uh, I can't put it any other way. <laughs> There's three seasons. The first season is ten episodes. The second and third is only eight episodes each. They're on for around about 50 minutes to an hour. Uh, but after a couple of episodes, I stopped, re- I, I stopped even noticing that it was being dubbed in English over a German show. Um, because it's so well done, and I didn't think it would be. I thought it would be like out of, out of sync with like the characters would stop talking and the dubbing would still be going on and stuff. But it... you see, I think that makes it so much more appealing that you've made it clear that you can barely you tell really, that it's done. That's the thing. Like the the voice acting that they've done in English is spot on. It's like it's 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 just it's not really 
noticeable at all. Like once you get into the show, you care so much about the story and the mystery. And let me tell you, there are some real twists in this show that you, like if you love a good show that has like plot twists that make you gasp and make you go, holy shit, like this show is full of them. And because you know that you go into the show, it's obviously in the trailers, you go into the show knowing that there's an element of like, time? Is time involved? Mm. Is it maybe something else mysterious or supernatural? Um, and it's not a scary show, just to put it like that. I put it on par more with something like Stranger Things and that it's, it's really unique in its own, in its own setting. But the, sh- the showrunners who wrote and directed it, it's the same guys who wrote and directed every single episode. So again, it's not like jarring from a ho- like too many writers or too many directors with different visions and styles. It's shot perfectly. Yeah. The music in it is great. Uh, and I can't. it's one of those shows that I don't think many people will have watched because like me, they'll probably have gone, that's German, that's dubbed in English, I'm not interested. And usually I would too. Yeah. But holy shit. It's it's one of the best shows I've ever, ever, ever seen. And in fact, I keep texting my friend about because he's finished it now. And I keep texting him and I keep saying things like, do you just have this like dark, empty void inside of you since Dark finished? And he's like, yeah, I totally do. I'm like, and I'm still like, I can't get over that show. I can't get over how good it is, how much I still think about it, like weeks after finishing it and starting it. Um, please watch it. it. You won't regret it. It's unbelievable. It's one of those shows you'll be texting me with, just be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this just happened." Oh my you god, have I to, want to totally honestly. watch it. Like, don't please don't be put off by the fact that it's German. I actually think it adds to it because none of the actors you won't know any of the actors, so it's not like you'll be like, "Oh, it's Johnny Depp," like or anything like that. It's like you just buy into the characters yeah. being the characters because you don't know who any of the actors are. But obviously, in Germany, these actors are probably like big deals and stuff. But to us. Like, I think that accentuates how good it is because I didn't feel distracted by a big actor being in a, in a role or anything like that. It, it was just unreal. Mm. And honestly, it, it, the show finishes in such a perfect way. It's one of those shows that just is perfect all the way through. It has a really satisfying ending, depending how you look at it, um, with a really major, massive plot twist. Oh, Please watch sounds it. Sounds good, man. <laughs> I will. I will, I will, I will. Okay, so my last one is something that I really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching. It was called right. The Stranger. Um, it was premiered on in Netflix mm-hmm. early last year. Basically, it's this lady who is just appears mm-hmm. from nowhere. Um she's always wearing a baseball cap so you can't right. really see her face. But she's like a serial blackmailer. So she keeps appearing into people's lives and telling them things about their life that they don't know. For example, it opens um, when she appears by going up to this man who's watching his kid play football. And he's like, your wife faked her pregnancy. And he's like, what? And she's like, your wife has faked her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. She lied about it. Um, And I suggest you get a DNA test for your son. So he's like, Jesus. what the fuck? And she keeps appearing to different members of the uh, the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. And she's like, blackmailing them over pawn tapes, affairs. Oh, and she knows everything about them. And she's like, blackmailing them for like loads of money to keep it, to, to keep it, mm-hmm. keep it on the hush. Um, it's all interlinked. Someone gets murdered. Mm. Oh, I love a good framed. I love a good murder mystery as well. Like, a, is it like a who done it as well? Yeah, it's like it's all, but they're all interlinked. What do you mean? Again, I can't say too much because ah, right, I've the got main you. Story so, like, way. the characters do they but, all sort of like cross, like the story, like the cross, the cross, yeah, okay, the crossover. Yeah. Okay, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, um, like the neighbors across the road, they're mm. all a bit dodgy. It's just, it's all a bit like it's one of them. It's constantly has you guessing, like mm, their dodge, what's going on with them. There's something not right with them. Mm. It's lying about this one. It's like it constantly has you questioning, but it's really, really yeah. good. So, so the stranger. That's one of those shows that I haven't seen, but I have 
seen the trailer on Netflix. I've scrolled past it so many times. Uh, and people have told me about it as well, told me to watch it. The only thing that I do know about it is that it's based on a book by Harlan Coburn, who's a really fantastic writer. Uh, Stephen King uh, praises him all the time, so you know he's good. Um, and that's, that's all I really knew about it. I think one of the things for me is that um, I don't really like watching British things, which is strange because I'm British. I think it's because I watch so much American stuff. I'm kind of like in that economy now, like, like in in that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what put me off it is that I was British and I was like, eh, not really too into that because generally we make things that are not as good. But it sounds like this one's, um, I mean, tell me more about it. Like what is it, if you had to sell me on it to go and watch an episode tonight, what would you, how would you sell it to me? I mean, who doesn't love somebody who's blackmailing someone for thousands of pounds? <laughs> I mean, is that a woman? I think it might be. Like, I don't know. Like, I tell, I tell you what I was more interested in when you were telling me about the fact that there's a murder and it's kind of like a whodunit and you're trying to put all these stories together to figure out how they're all tied to each other and stuff. Well, absolutely. I mean, every single one, everybody in the story is corrupt mm-hmm. in some way. They've all got something to hide, and they're just like basically waiting for this last to come and blow. And of course, you've got like them. the whole mystery is like who is this stranger as well? Like, how does she know so much about the whole town apparently, but they don't seem to know who she is? Like that's interesting as well. Well, she, like I say, she always wears a baseball cap, so nobody can really see her face. Mm, so, like, yeah, like um, and. She literally appears, tells them what she needs to tell them, and then kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing, where you kind of she's kind of hiding yeah, in sight. But she knows everything on everyone. I mean, she's got like printed out evidence. Interesting that you say she wears a baseball cap, so they can't see her face. So it's almost like obviously, if they could see her face, they would be able to place who she was. So that so then you kind of think, well, where does she come from? Where does she fit into the story? Who's done her wrong? How has the whole town done her wrong? Look, I haven't even seen it, and I have so many questions. It does you sound have good. To watch it. Ah. It's really good. Also, can I just say, whilst we're on the thing of really good um, TV shows, you need to watch Life of Judy. I don't know. Oh, yeah, but know. It's so What's good. funny is I was talking to my 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 friend um matty earlier and he was like do you watch line of line of duty and i was like nah what's it about and he said well it's just about these cops but they're like they catch like corrupt cops and i was like yeah <laughs> so he obviously <laughs> you could probably sell it better than he did <laughs> well it, it it's basically uh mi12 right, okay. i think they're called and they're like a part of the police department who works on corrupt like catching mm. corrupt coppers now every single series it's mm-hmm. different, so it's a different story, oh, so it right, doesn't okay. follow on. They've just they've just started showing mm-hmm. season six now, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about season six since you've okay. never watched the rest of them. So basically, they're going to um, mm-hmm. raid. They're going to raid someone's house, so they've had right. surveillance on, and the detective on the case says that van looks mm-hmm. suspicious, so they all stop, and when the they pull up to this van there's an armed robbery taking place now it turns out whilst this was all going on this they stopped the armed robbery and a, a man got shot so it took two hours two hours and mm-hmm. say 15 minutes where took the time off of going to arrest and do a raid on the person who they right. had surveillance on and it turns out like that everybody to do with the surveillance case has been mm. murdered Someone who the someone who the get in for questioning his body's found. It looks like he's been he's committed suicide. Oh. Someone stabbed to death. Um, the the knife was placed at the scene with someone's fingerprints on that was linked up to another murder. It's like, but it's all she the detective starts getting investigating because investigated because they're like how did you know that that van was part of an armed robbery you are traveling so fast down the street it was tucked away in like on an off street how it was just a plain white van how did you know that that there was nothing suspicious about it so how did you know that was thingied with the armed robbery Mm. and it turns out she's actually part of an organized crime a syndicate (laughs) <laughs> yes um and she delayed the surveillance raid because 
she needed people to go ahead and remove evidence and frame other people and mm, stuff. So where can I watch this if I wanted to? Seasons one, seasons one to five is on Netflix. Season six is on being shown ah, I knew on it was BBC. Be BBC. That's why I was going to be like, oh. Honestly, I don't really watch a lot of British stuff to do yeah. with the police, but this is so good. It's Vicky McClure, you know, from uh, there. I don't have a clue. <laughs> I, I don't I, honestly I don't know what it is but I just don't watch British TV like I just can't I don't know what I, I don't even know what it is and my friend Scott gets so annoyed at me because he'll be like oh you need to watch this show and I'm like um is it British and he's like yes I'm like oh, I'm not gonna watch it and he's like but it's he's, he's like it's well, really I, really good and I'm like I think it's British I'll tell you what right watch one episode on Netflix and tell us what you think <laughs> Just watch, just watch one episode, and then right. tell us what you okay. think. I'll certainly add it to my list of things to watch. <laughs> it's funny that's what this whole episode's about, isn't it? About things that you wouldn't normally watch and giving them a chance. And I'm like, it's British. It's about the police. It's never going to beat the bill. So you know, <laughs> oh, it's so much better than the bill. <laughs> Do you remember the end credits of the bill? Where it would just be like the policeman's yeah. feet walking away from the camera. My daughter's yeah. mother does the best impression of that ever, and it's <laughs> it's because it's one of those things that no one should have an impression of at all. But it's so funny. I just wanted to mention that while we're talking about the bill. Um, notable mention because <laughs> it's something I'm watching at the moment, so I couldn't put it on this podcast because I haven't finished. But I'm watching Castle Rock at the moment. Have you seen Castle Rock? No, but you've told us all about yes, it. Yes, Castle Rock is on the Stars Network, which you can subscribe to through Amazon Prime. It's like a separate channel. Uh, you get six months at one ninety nine. It's really, it's a good price. Uh, it's got Channel Zero, that horror show I mentioned earlier, is also on there. Totally worth it. Uh, but Castle Rock is like a love letter to Stephen King. There's one large narrative. Each episode seems to pay homage to like different Stephen King characters, like this. There's a character in it called Jackie Torrance, which I don't know if you know, but from The Shining, Jack Torrance. And, and oh, so you're yes, like, Jack. why is this person called Jackie Torrance? It's not just an homage, there's a real reason for it. And there are other characters with similar names to characters from old films. The first episode and a couple of the others are based in Shawshank Prison, but it's just really, really good. And it's got that Stephen King vibe where everything's like eerie and it's got, an, it's got like a, you think, like a supernatural twist, though. I don't know, I haven't finished it yet. Um, who doesn't love well, that's Stephen, it, King. Isn't it? Like, Stephen King is unbelievable and so that's a show that I'm watching at the moment but as soon as I finish Castle Rock I'll think about these ones that you've mentioned to me today I think we should maybe uh, on the next one we should maybe rank Stephen King oh that would be good then there's so many as well and I already know it's going to win but that's that sounds like a good idea absolutely so that's our top three movies uh, movies top three TV shows that's yeah, a uh, lot of food for thought. It's obviously I hadn't. I, what I like I said earlier, what I liked about your list is I hadn't seen any of them, and I know that you hadn't seen any of the ones on my list. So it seemed like a really good one to put together. Um, just hope that the people who listen to this, if anyone ever listens to this, uh, I hope that they enjoyed <laughs> it, um, and I hope that they got some ideas, some TV shows that saved me during lockdown. Maybe next time that you scroll past it on Netflix or Prime or whatnot, you'll go, oh, actually, I've heard about this. Maybe I'll give it a go. Definitely, definitely give them yeah. a chance. So so I guess thanks for listening. Uh, stick with us. Yep. And we will make, I think that Stephen King one sounds good. Everyone knows Stephen King stuff. Um, so let's talk more about that. And um, hopefully you'll tune in to the next episode.